Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation. First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis and commentary. And wow, um, we started this week off with a bang, uh, without question. And before uh, I bring in my great co-host, Sam Gordon, uh, for Las Vegas Review Journal and Vegas Nation, just want to let you know that Vegas Nation, first and 10, is sponsored by Stations Casino, STN Sports, and presented by Blue Wire. Sam Gordon, uh, first of all, welcome. Um, and secondly, pretty big day for the Raiders uh, on Monday, introducing their new head coach, Josh McDaniels, and their new general manager, Dave Ziegler. Um, very quickly, what were your first impressions of the Raiders' new uh, power tandem uh, to lead their football operation? Uh, cohesion, Vinny. Synergy. Mm. Those are the two the two things that come to mind. From from what I was able to glean from that press conference, it really seems, right? And we'll see how everything plays out. That, that goes without saying. We'll see how everything plays out. But it seems like this is a tandem, like you said, a power tandem, that comes in with an understanding of each other's strengths and weaknesses, what they're going to do, define roles and responsibilities, in a blueprint and plan for how to take this thing to the next level, right? We know that the the Raiders are ten and seven. Mark Davis, we were ten and seven last year. Mark Davis made very clear this isn't a rebuild; it's a it's a reloading, a retooling, and it's on these two to, now to do that. And it, it, with given their long history together, their the long standing relationship they've, that they've had since they were former college teammates, feels like they're on the same page here. And I feel like that's was a big part of the appeal for Mark Davis and bringing these two guys in. What'd you think? Uh, I agree. And um, real quickly, I want to touch on uh, who has the power and yeah. uh, everyone kind of gets caught up on that. And while it is somewhat important, um, especially in certain cases, um, I think in this case with this, these two, um, you know, basically friends really, and, and longtime coworkers, I don't think it's as significant uh, or important as in, in other uh, cases, Sam. And I, and I say that because just talking to people around the league uh, and then seeing them interact uh, on, on Monday and kind of describe um, you know, their relationship, especially in terms of how they see things together alike, there's not going to be any sort of, hey, this is how we grade um, you know, players. This is the kind of – this is how we look at things. They already know that. It's already right. been established. And they, they – you know, for the most part, and there will be times, of course, where, you know, uh, McDaniels may, uh, you know, have his heart set on on one player and, and Ziegler might have his heart set on a, on a different player. Uh, but you get the sense in watching them and listening to them and hearing them and, and asking around about them. Uh, they're the type of... Uh, you know, people that will they'll talk things out and they'll come to a consensus. So I don't. So at the end of the day, I think that everybody's going to be on board 
with every decision. I don't think it's going to be one where guys walk, leave the office all pissed off, you know, and, and, you know, uh, upset about how things turned out and wow, you know, I didn't get my say and da, da, da. I don't think you're going to see, it might happen every once in a while, but I don't think you're going to see that, uh, with, with this group. No, I don't, I don't think so either. It just, it'd be based on, again, like, like you touched on their history together, the relationship that they have, the experiences that they have, the championship caliber experiences that they have had in new England. They understand what a, sustainable winning culture and what excellence looks like over a long extended period of time. And I think that's crucial when you take a look at what the Raiders want to do. Okay. 10 and seven is great. 10 and seven making the playoffs. Of course, that's a huge, huge, huge victory for the franchise this past season, especially considered everything that's going on. But with this hire, Mark Davis is making very clear that, that he wants that kind of success and even more to be sustainable and to be cohesive over time. And, and that's to me, what, why this tandem is, is so crucial for the Raiders is that, Look, they've, they've been there. They've done that together. The working relationship, this is this is one that they've had for a long time. And it would seem um, that it would make for a relatively seamless transition as they come out west from the east where they, again, had a lot of success. Right, without question. And uh, all right, so let's talk about, real quick, Josh McDaniels. Um, yeah. You know, uh, kind of a polarizing figure already uh, in Raider Nation. Although I think the press conference and just things that have been written now and said about him um, may have eased some concerns uh, for, for Raider fans. And obviously there's a um, elephant in the room that I felt like he addressed pretty succinctly, quickly, um, acknowledged it. Uh, and that's the failures uh, with Denver Broncos. And, you know, to preface all of that and to put it in perspective, you know, Josh McDaniels was 33 years old, 12 years ago, I think it was, uh, when he got the Denver Broncos job. And I think admittedly, listening to him talk on Monday, there were mistakes that he made and how he approached things, how he saw things, where he was in his life in terms of you know life maturity and, and life lessons and whatnot. And I thought he did a pretty good job without us even asking, prior to us even asking. And we ended up asking you know uh, uh, for, for more details or for him to shed a little bit more light. But right off the bat, he acknowledged that. And I think in doing so... Um, he kind of, he came off as extremely genuine in it, and I think that eased some concerns about any fans that might have been you know worried that oh my gosh it's just going to be a repeat of the Denver Broncos. It might, but I don't think that I, I, I have a feeling the chances of that he might fail for other reasons, but I, I don't think that um, you know uh, if this doesn't work out, it'll be because he repeated the same mistakes that he made in Denver. That was twelve years ago, right? Like yeah. that was a long time ago, Vinny. Like since then. Of course, you, there's natural growth and development as, you know, not only from a human perspective, but then he gets back with New England for another, you know, nine or ten years and gets to experience a lot more success, gets to reflect, gets to, to gets to take a step back, understand what worked, what didn't work, um, how he can evolve as a leader. Uh, I don't think the co- the coaching part has necessarily ever been questioned, right? I mean, he's he, he has a pretty proven um, track record as an offensive coordinator. Tom Brady has come out and publicly spoken, you know, endorsing him. On multiple occasions, even just recently, uh, I believe on one of his podcasts. Um, but yeah, there's there's an understanding of what he can do as a coach, and of course, having Tom Brady for a lot of your coaching career certainly helps. But they had a lot of success, so from a, a coaching standpoint, I don't think there's any concern. Like you said, uh, I think what he addressed is some of the leadership things that that he didn't have at the time. And 12 years is a t- is a long time to grow. It's a, you glean a lot of perspective, and and now um, you would expect, and we're going to see how this plays out, but you would expect that. That aspect of coaching is going to be something that's going to come easier to him this time around as opposed to last time around. And I think that's you know definitely a crucial element of why he got the job is, is the belief in him 
that he can not only be a tactic a tactical expert, but 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 be able to 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 build on the culture that Rich Bisaccia and that staff created over the last you know nine or ten weeks of the NFL season. Yeah, and I think that uh, one of the things that he said that I felt was really revealing was you know uh, the importance of just being yourself. And, yeah. You know, and talking to some people in Denver and and kind of you know just observing what happened and looking back and reading about you know some of the things that went down in Denver, it felt like you know maybe at thirty three years old uh, without a um, you know, a long resume as a head coach, he may have a overcompensated a little bit, bringing up you know the, the the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick kind of swagger and way of doing things to Denver, and and you know Bill Belichick is his own guy, and Josh McDaniels is his own man, and I think he he tried to be Bill Belichick, you know, <laughs> and 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 it didn't work, and no. I think that he learned. I just need to be Josh McDaniels, and 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 that's enough with the tactical uh, aspect, you know that that you just mentioned, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, you know, I went back and I was in Atlanta when the Rams played the uh, you know the the New England Patriots um, in the Super Bowl a few years ago, and it was a tight game, three three in the fourth quarter, and um, the New England Patriots came up with this drive to basically win the game. Um, the touchdown that they ended up scoring was was really the difference in the game. And um, I went back and read uh, a story that um, somebody in Boston had had written. It was a, really a tremendous article, and it and it and it really um, it, it it captures Josh McDaniels really in his essence and what the what the Patriots did. And it goes back to uh, Mark Davis had brought this up at the press conference about how when you look at the Patriots, they can change from year to year, from game to game, from half to half, and really sometimes from series to series. And this really sheds light on that and um the, the the patriots go to a 21 personnel two running backs one tight end they hadn't done it almost the entire game maybe one or two plays uh, in that game well on this long drive and i want to say it was nine ten plays maybe even more they went exclusively to 21 personnel all right two running backs one tight end, but they deployed those players, that personnel grouping all over the field. So it started out in an I formation. Then it was the uh, a split. Then the running backs went out and lined up wide and the, the tight end was, you know, in the back. It was all these different formations out of the same personnel grouping and it drove the Rams nuts. They could not figure out what the heck was going on because they saw the same players, but the but these players were lined up, you know, all over the place and in different spots from from play to play. And in fact, and if you read the story, there was a, a a situation where Josh McDaniels literally drew up a play right there on the sideline in the middle of a drive. And I'm just saying all that to say, um, you know, talking to people in the NFL and the tactical edge that um that he has josh mcdaniels and you know there was one general manager who described him to me as one of the few difference making offensive brains in the nfl and i thought that was pretty telling i think the raiders at that spot at that you know head coaching job especially on the offensive side of the ball are getting somebody that is just you know um incredibly intelligent and incredibly on top of things offensively and i I, I, you know, John Gruden was a great offensive mind. You know, we understand that, and other coaches are, are obviously as good as well. But I'm going to be interested to see what kind of a tactical edge Josh McDaniels brings because it just feels like that's something that he's definitely going to bring to the table. Yeah, I think so too. And I think when you kind of look at how 
you know, makes sense wanting to have an offensive an offensive kind of mind like Josh McDaniels at the helm. Because if you take a look, Vinny, at the last couple months with the Raiders season, uh, offense kind of sputtered a little bit. They made the playoffs, but a lot of that was based on defense and special teams and execution in late games. And you got enough from your offense, but you certainly didn't pop as much as you could have or as much as they did earlier in the year with John Gruden. I think getting back to that, you know, having that, that offensive upside – Definitely part of why they brought um, McDaniel's in. I, th- I think that's a great point. Um, harking back to the the Super Bowl, it, it takes a level of humility for for McDaniel's to essentially, I mean, essentially scrap their game plan late in that game and said, "Look, this isn't working. We're going to try something new, and we're going to figure it out on the fly." And th- to be able to do that in real time uh, against the best team that year in the NFC and against a team full of great players um, speaks volumes about uh, where he's at, where his acumen is at, what he's able to do. From a tactical standpoint, so there, uh, there's definitely a lot more upside in this offense when you look at some of the personnel that they have, and and now McDaniel's gets some really good players to work with and to put to, to put his imprint on and to really put his stamp on what was an offense that a couple years ago, 2020, was one of the better ones in the NFL. So so we we know the talent is there, um, and, and I would I would contend that it's you know perhaps even a better group, especially after we see what they do here um, with the draft and free agency and whatnot, with the emergence of Hunter Renfro. We're still having Darren Waller in the fold um, and whatnot. So there's opportunity here for, for him to, to to leave his mark, for him to maximize the value on the offensive side of the ball. And, of course, no doubt that the uh, the main reason that, that he's the head coach of the Raiders. Now it is that time of the week where we are joined by Chuck Esposito, director of race and sports for Station Casinos. Chuck joins us every week to talk about the Raiders, the Vegas betting landscape, and all things sports. Chuck, championship weekend in the books. One game left for us to break down for the rest of the 2021 NFL season. Before we get into anything, first and foremost, how you doing? I'm doing great, Sam. I mean, the, these uh, these puppies have been barking for the most part in the playoffs. And, um, you know, who would have thought we'd be talking about the – and I can't take credit for this. I got to give credit to, to Jason on this one. But the Cinderella Bengals, not the Cincinnati, but the Cinderella Bengals. I mean, they were our fourth team from the bottom in our future book odds, um, you know, last year at this time. So they weren't a team that anybody thought would be here. Um, You talk about Burrow. I mean, no other quarterback ever has won the Heisman, a national championship, been the first overall draft pick and has the, and could maybe hoist a Lombardi. So this kid's been on quite a roll the last couple of years and come back from major knee surgery. Yeah, absolutely. Chuck, uh, before we get into everything, I want to want to ask you, who are you more, impressed with the Rams what what they were able to do this year going all in and it works they get to the Super Bowl or like you said the Bengals the upstart Bengals who really a tremendous playoff run I think Joe Burrow like you touched on it is at the epicenter of everything they're doing who was more impressive this past weekend oh I think you have to say it's it's Cincinnati sure um, I I really do I I think when, when you think about the Rams and you're right they were all in I mean they haven't had a first round draft pick since 2016 they don't have another one until 2024 it's probably a prop i should put up will the rams still have that draft pick in 2024 because <laughs> they probably won't um they're clearly all in now they still have questions to make in the offseason with miller and beckham and some other decisions but the trade for ramsey the you know the hand-picked trade for matt stafford they were they were a team and i know we talked about it all year they were yep. a team that was built to win the Super Bowl, and that's where they're at right now. It's a you know prototypical offense against defense. Hadn't happened in 54 years, and now back-to-back years, a team's playing in their home stadium. Um, but I, I'm really impressed with Cincinnati. 
I mean, when you think about Sam, um, Patrick Mahomes is 39 and two against the entire league when he has a 14 plus point lead or more. He is 0 and 2. Joe Burrow. Uh, so, but uh, hey, they had a 21 to 3 lead. They should have kicked the field goal, would have put them up three full touchdowns. They didn't. And we're talking about the Bengals Rams in this Super Bowl now. Uh, Chuck, going back to the Chiefs, I have to imagine um, their loss on Sunday, not just with games, not just with action on Sunday, but, you know, futures, parlays, everything had to be uh, quite a big win for the sports books. How delighted were you to see the Chiefs go down on Sunday? There was no question that we were, you know, uh, Bengal fans in the game. Um, Ideally, you know, having them cover um, would have been still really, really good. But the key component to that game, Sam, was that we kept the total under. I know we kind of chatted about that and you know, the, the total opened at 50 uh, to 51 industry-wide. The betters told us, I mean, quick, you guys are nuts. This game is flying over. It went up to 54, 55. Um, so keeping it under really was the key for us. Um, but uh, Chiefs, you know, future book-wise, because they were one of the favorites, we would have been in really good shape. I mean, we're still in, you know, a, a, a good spot with the Bengals and a little bit better with the Rams. But Chiefs would have been great if they had, if they had advanced. But um, this Bengal team is fun to watch. I mean, they've got tremendous skill position players led by Burrow and the emergence of Jamar Chase and, and Higgins and and Boyd and Uzama and, and Mixon. They're a talented bunch. And this really is that offense against Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, and the rest of that Ram defense. That, to me, I think, Chuck, is the most fascinating matchup. You took, take a look at that that defensive line that the Rams have the ability, their ability to rush the passer. And then Cincinnati, that's where they've struggled. Yet we've seen Joe Burrow win a playoff game in which he was sacked nine times. Granted, that wasn't against the Rams, but adversity doesn't phase this kid one bit. I just brought big picture, and I want to get into some of the fun stuff next week on our pod. But big picture, where are we at right now with this line? How much movement have you seen early, and how much movement are you expecting before we get to the day of the big game. You know, before I touch on that, Sam, you're you're right. And that's one of the things that I kind of wanted to, you know, chat about was that the Titans sacked them nine times and they still were able to, to win that game. You know that this Ram defense is going to put a lot of pressure on him. Um, you know, that to win a to lose a game when you sack the opposition's quarterback nine times, I bet if you go back into you know NFL lore, that, that didn't occur too often. Um, so, you know, he's going to have to be a little bit more mobile here. We'll open the game for it has not moved yet. Um, totals come down just a tick. Uh, we've seen a little bit of money line play on the Rams, but nothing at this point that would make us move off the number that we're at. Now, granted, we're just in it, in our infancy of what we're going to take on this game. And the 72 hours leading up to kickoff are going to be crazy. Um, do I think we'll beat the the, the money that was wagered last year here in Nevada, I do. Last year, legally, a little over $136 million. I do think we'll break that record. Um, the record of 158 in 2018, Eagles-Pats, I think we always have a shot to do that. And with the dynamicness of this offense against defense and L.A. and just kind of everybody's kind of back in our books, I think we've got a shot, you know, to at least make it competitive for that sure. number. But I do think we'll break last year's number of 136 million wagered legally here in the state of Nevada. That is a lot of money, Chuck. I'm looking forward to talking about all the fun props that I know are out there next week. We have a lot to discuss. Next week's segment will be devoted specifically towards the Super Bowl, but we appreciate you coming on and giving us an early preview at that game. Looking forward to talking next week. 
a lot of angles we still have to cover. And uh, I know we, we know you're here to break it all down. Thank you so much for jumping on. You're welcome, Sam. Can't wait to uh, propatopia next <laughs> week with all these props. So have a great week, guys, and I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. And he, he brings with him uh, sort of a package deal without question, Dave Ziegler. Um, most recently, the uh, pro personnel director of the New England Patriots. He was more of the, the really, the, they don't have a general manager in New England. Uh, Bill Belichick is basically the general manager. But um, to put, you know, um, how Bill Belichick views Dave Ziegler um, in perspective and what the Raiders might be getting uh, in their new general manager. Last year, right around this time, actually, uh, Dave Ziegler was a top candidate and probably the favorite uh, to go back to Denver, where he had worked for a few years while Josh McDaniels was there, to be their next general manager. And um, Bill Belichick valued Dave Ziegler so much. Now, keep in mind, they had also just lost um, Casario to, um, their, another, you know, highly regarded personnel uh, person in their office to go be the Houston Texans general manager. So I think Bill Belichick realized I can't lose all these guys at once. Um, so he puts a call into Dave Ziegler and says, look, you know, need you here and gave him more responsibility, more clout, um, more influence in, in free agency and, and, and the draft. And so Ziegler ends up staying because Bill Belichick gave him more power and more, more leeway. And um, if, if like Bill Belichick doesn't just do that for anybody, right. Right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? Like, right. So obviously this guy uh, has something going on. And and if you look at the work that he did in new England with that new power, specifically last year through free agency, through a draft um, that, that really um, turned out to be, turned out to be pretty good. I think he kind of solidified himself around the NFL as somebody, you know, that, to keep an eye on and, and for the Raiders to also bring him in along with uh, Josh McDaniels now as their general manager, I think um, I don't want to use the word a coup, but it's, 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 it's big stuff, you know, and, and people around the league understand um, kind of what, what the, the point I'm trying to make for those two now to be the head of the Raiders football operation uh, is, is a pretty big deal. It doesn't guarantee <laughs> that anything's going to work out. Uh, they could, they could, you know, come here and, and completely, um, you know, fall on their face. But I think the Raiders have mitigated that um, potential. I think they've, they've, I think they've put themselves in a good position right now to really succeed. Again, there's no guarantees, but I think they're in a good position uh, to do everything that Mark Davis envisions for this uh, operation. Yeah. I, I just go back to the cohesion that they have now for, for having, having your front office, and your coach and your head coach on the same page with a, a, a 100% understanding of what each other wants to do um, is huge. And, and you go back, Vinny, to the to the 2021 offseason for the Patriots. I mean, this after Brady after Brady left and went to Tampa, I mean, it was a rough go around um, in 2020. And to be able to retool the way they did on the fly, um, there was at one point where they were rolling. They were looking like one of the better teams in the AFC, of course, with a rookie quarterback. Having him go on a road to Buffalo, that's a tall task. But they – really were able to retool this thing rather quickly. And now you see the upside that Dave Ziegler leaves in New England with Bill Belichick and, of course, his his great staff in New England. Now this the organization seems that they've charted a course for, for life without Brady. Now 
he comes here charting a course for the next um, the next period of Raider football. Again, this is a 10-7 and seven football team um, with good players on the roster. He mentioned yesterday he still has to go through and really do more thorough evaluations before he decides what course or what route he wants to take this thing. But it's clear, uh, like you said, based on his experiences, based on who he worked with, based on his track record and what they were able to do and, and the improvements they were able to make during the offseason, that, that he's somebody – deserving of this job, um, who has the uh, the credentials for it and and who's, who's ready for an opportunity um, like this to, 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 to lead a franchise on his own. So um, it's big. It's it's big. And, and, and to, to have again, I don't want to I don't want to beat this to death, but I do think it, it was that was the biggest takeaway I had is just the cohesion and the familiarity that these two guys have, I think, makes for a uh, you, you can see the upside and the potential if it all goes according to plan for for, for Mark Davis and for for the new brain trust uh, over there in Henderson. Yep, absolutely. Um, and you know we'll we'll see how it all works out. I think that first and foremost, and we'll quickly uh, talk about this. Uh, this yeah. is going to be something that we're going to be talking about quite a bit. But Derek Carr, the Derek yeah. Carr situation. Derek Carr has one more year left on his contract, just under twenty million dollars. Um, you know, not even guaranteed. Not guaranteed. Uh, I've been told by people in the in, in within the league. You know, there's really no chance that he's going to play this year, um, you know, on that one-year deal. That's not to say that he's going to threaten to hold out or anything like that. Uh, they just feel like in the normal uh, course of business, um, he's either going to, you know, sign an extension or the Raiders would explore some trades for him um, or maybe even sign him and then trade him type of a thing. Like, it'll all kind of happen simultaneously. So one way or another, the general feeling is like he's going to get a new contract uh, during this, this off season. And, um, you know, obviously uh, Josh McDaniels and, and, and Dave Ziegler have to make the decision. Okay. Do you want that to be here uh, with the Raiders? I get the sense that that's going to end up being a yes, but what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that is the kind of burning question as we enter, as we approach, I mean, the, 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 everything that, that the off season entails, right. The, the draft free agency, all that. Uh, I don't think, I don't think they would have taken his job collectively if they didn't have a plan in place around their quarterback. You take a look at the other job openings around the league, uh, the, the the coaching and, and general manager opportunities. Derek Carr is the best quarterback available for, for somebody in a new situation. This is the only team, uh, only franchise that made the playoffs last year that had a head coach opening. And this is a guy, Derek Carr, who, as you know, Vinny, as we both know, has never really had the sort of stability that other other quarterbacks have had in the NFL. It's been a constant turnover for the last, you know, pretty much since he's entered the league Coaches, head coaches, primary play callers, supporting cast, all that. This, to me, presents a natural opportunity to to kind of reset, give him some stability, and see what you can do. And then if you if he gets a contract extension here in Vegas and you decide after two or three years, hey, maybe they want to go in another direction, we've seen in the last couple of years that there's going to be a trade market for quality, proven veteran quarterbacks, even a guy like Carson Wentz, who I, I believe Derek Carr is you know significantly better than Carson Wentz doesn't have the the injury history. There haven't been the same questions about his intangibles and his leadership that there were Carson Wentz. He has a bulky contract and still fetches a first-round pick. So there's going to be a market so long as his play doesn't dramatically decline. And you would think that if he clicks with McDaniels the way that he could, that the way that Mark Davis believes he will, um, based on the hire, that there's going to be even more upside or maybe another gear that he could possibly get to having some stability. So I'm of the mindset that, um, a contract extension that, that they, they should bring him back um, and, and see what that looks like for a couple of years and then potentially go from there. It's, you can't, it's hard to find enough. Who, who's better than Derek Carr out there? Who, who's an immediate upgrade that you know for sure is going to be available right now? I'm not sure. I don't see it. Uh, I don't see anything at least of right, as of right now 
And with that said, I think um, I think it makes sense that car, you know, a contract extension for car makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and uh, it does create flex- flexibility too because he's 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 um, you know depending on what the numbers are. And I've asked you know around, and and I don't think he's going to ask for. I think he's going to be reasonable uh, in in the ask. Um, you know, and somebody brought up a two year extension. Um, which would really be a three-year deal because he does have one-year deal, one year left on the contract. Uh, a two-year extension at um, here. Let me just read what the uh, text was here. Uh, this was pretty interesting. I thought uh, a two-year, hang on one second, two-year uh, extension at forty million dollars a year. Uh, but when you factor in this year, um, which he's making about nineteen point seven, it would actually be a three-year one hundred million dollar contract. Uh, which would work out to about $33 million uh, per year. And then I asked, okay, well, what in, in a situation like that, how much of that would be guaranteed? And um, probably $65 million uh, guaranteed uh, at contract. So a, ba- so a three-year deal, $100 million. If it, I, And I think that, you know, McDaniels and Ziegler are um, – you know, astute enough, they'll they'll know after that first year. All right, is this who we really want to to move into the future with or not? And if the answer is no, then um, you know you would be able to trade him with still two years left on this contract, having paid uh, probably a good portion of that guaranteed money already, um, and and make it a, making it a, a trade a little bit more palatable for the trading team or the, the sure. team that you're going to trade it to. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I don't think he's going to try to break the bank. Uh, I think he understands, um, you know, the the importance of, you know, creating a situation where there's room to add other players. Um, and also you have to understand that the Raiders have some in-house uh, people that they need to start looking at in terms of taking care of. Who was that? Hunter Renfro has to be taken care of. Yep. Max Crosby, uh, absolutely taken care of. Those are two right off the top of my head. I had to go through the roster to kind of figure out um, uh, some more. But those are two contracts that are that are coming up here pretty quick. Um, and I think Derek Carr understands that you know for all of this to work, it needs to work for everybody. And uh, and I think he's going to show a little bit of willingness to to make it work on his end, so it makes it work on everybody else's end. So, but that's something for a, a different day. And I would imagine here in the next in these next couple of months, um, we're going to have a better idea of where, where all that is headed. Um, but you know, it's day two or so of the, of the Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, um, uh, power tandem. We're looking forward to, uh, to telling, uh, that story, uh, and seeing how it unfolds and what approaches they take. I'm really kind of fascinated to see how different it looks compared to other regimes, um, you know, that the Raiders have had and, and across the league. So it'll be interesting, Sam. And of course we'll be here, uh, on a weekly basis, uh, trying to make sense of it all and put it all into perspective. Uh, and we look forward uh, to doing that real quick. Thoughts on the Super Bowl? Oh, man. Great matchup. Uh, you got Joe Shiesty and the Bengals on one end. You have Matthew Stafford and the Rams on another side. Um, great storylines uh, both ways, right? Just Stafford, what he was able to overcome, um, you know, getting through those 12, 13 years in Detroit. To have this opportunity is awesome for him. You have Aaron Donald, Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup. So many great storylines with the players on that end. And, of course, the Bengals, who thought they were going to be here going into the season? Weren't they like 120-1 to 1 or something before the year? 100-1 yeah. to 1 to make the Super Bowl. I, I think it speaks, um, of course, to, to Zach Taylor. So many great players on that team that have emerged. And, and most importantly, um, the moxie and the leadership and just the personality and poise of Joe Burrow. Um, it's a great game. I, I still have to completely digest things to, before I, I come up with an, an official prediction. Um, it's not necessarily the game that we expected, but I think with the number of storylines and just kind of how polarizing both these teams are in so many ways, 
Um, it's going to be a really, really interesting competitive game. I'd be surprised if it's a if it's a blowout on either side based on how both of these teams have played the playoffs to this point. But um, great matchup and a great matchup and kind of a, a, a turning of the page, right? With Tom Brady announcing his retirement officially um, today, Vinny, this is you know a chance for for other quarterbacks to shine and for Joe Burrow potentially to seize the mantle as maybe the guy of this next generation. Is that still Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. After what we've seen, you have him, you have Josh Allen, you have uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, so on and so forth. But this Rams team is ready to to win right now. Uh, it's loaded, and uh, it's going to be a fun, fascinating game. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how these next couple weeks play out. What do you think? Yeah, when I look at Joe Burrow and uh, and his crew, um, you know, and very young team um, that probably got here much quicker than people yeah. thought. And then I look at the Rams and how much experience they have. You know, even Matthew Stafford has been around forever, it seems. Um, and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. It feels like it feels like to me like Duke versus the Fab Five. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, all, of, all of a sudden the Bengals are here. Uh, nobody thought it. You know, everyone said, "Hey, keep an eye on the Bengals," but all of a sudden here they are. So here comes the the Fab Five, the freshmen uh, with all that swagger and everything like that, starting with uh, with their quarterback um, and and you know the more kind of established Rams. Um, so we'll see. We'll see uh, who ends up having the advantage. I think it's going to be the Rams. Um, I just think Stafford's playing at a really high level. I think the defense that we saw on Sunday uh, against the 49ers, um, you know, when, when Aaron Donald, you know, brought his group over on the sidelines and said, hey, it's time to get after it, they got after it. And it shows you how um, next level he can take that defense. And I'm just wondering against that Bengals offensive line, how they're going to be able to deal with that. Because I could tell you right now, Aaron Donald is going to be playing with his ears pinned back, as will be Von Miller and, and everyone else that they have on that defense. So how the Bengals offensive line is able to deal with, you know, Aaron Donald and and, and, and that team is, is going to go a long way. But I can't wait. We're going to be able to talk about it a little bit more next week before the big game. Um, we'll be here to talk about that and whatever happens uh, with the Raiders, because I have a feeling that there's going to be some news over these next seven days or so. Um, that we'll be able to talk about next week. Sam Gordon, thank you so much. Uh, always appreciate uh, hanging with you uh, on, on Vegas Nation First and Ten. We want to say thanks uh, to our great producer, Larry Muir, for everything that he does. And to our listeners, man, the numbers are great. We truly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, to, to everyone that's listening out of the country, man, we're getting uh, uh, downloads from Finland, from Saudi Arabia. So, um you know, uh, wherever you are uh, on this planet, um, thank you if you've been joining us. We truly, truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.